0: We're now going to have our Bible reading, which Douglas is going to come and read to us.
1: Good morning. Today's reading is from Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. That can be found on page 1027 in the Church Bibles. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: So I wanted to start uh, and look at the passage this morning by looking at what it tells us. And uh, well, what we find is there are four key things that come up from this. We've got specificity, why Bethlehem, a royal lineage, and about prophecy fulfilled. So with specificity, we have Luke, as if if those of you remember from Dave's uh, talk, as we started looking at Luke, Luke is very specific about the setting. He gives the place, the Roman Empire. In fact, he even goes more specific than that. He tells us the town. He tells us the time by giving us the names of Caesar Augustus and Quirinius and he also gives us a reason why things are happening it's all about counting the size of the empire so why Bethlehem? well we're told that Joseph comes from Bethlehem or rather his family comes from Bethlehem and if you think about it well We know that Mary is very pregnant. We know that she became pregnant before they got married. So there was probably going to be a bit of a scandal. If Mary was left on her own, people would probably be talking a bit about wondering, well, what on earth's gone on? So for the sake of Mary, Joseph would have likely been thinking, well, let's let's take her along with me, if only for that. So Mary goes with Joseph, which is why Jesus is born at Bethlehem. Because if Joseph just went, if Joseph was the only one that needed to sign up there, Jesus would have been born in Nazareth. We also find out from pointing out that Joseph comes from, or his family comes from Bethlehem, he's from the royal line of David. So Jesus, inheriting from his father, his heavenly father, he inherits his heavenly Uh, inheritance from his earthly father he receives the earthly inheritance the royal lineage of the house of david but we also see two prophecies very clearly fulfilled the first one we have is from micah chapter 5 verse 2 those of you that are well aware of the christmas story will know this is the one that's referenced by the wise men at herod's court when uh well Herod's wise men as opposed to the wise men who came Uh, because in there we find out that it is Bethlehem that is prophesied to be the place of the Saviour coming. And then Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 we have the promise of a son born of a virgin. Just two of the prophecies fulfilled in this passage. And so we find ourselves with the image of Jesus, the baby, lying in a manger. This may seem a little bit odd. Maybe some of you have had this thought once in a while as well. But this reminded me of one of Aesop's fables about another character who was in a manger. Not a baby, though. The fable is called The Dog in the Manger. Anyone heard of this fable at all? A few of you? Thing is, there is a big difference between the dog in the manger and the baby in the manger. In this fable, we find out that the dog is in the manger all for himself. The dog wants the nice warm place to sleep. The rest of the animals just want to be able to eat the hay, but as soon as they try, the dog scares them away. The dog didn't want to share. With anyone. And whenever there was complaining from the other animals, he would get angry. Contrast this with the baby in the manger. Well, the angels declare that it is good news. Good news for all the world, for everyone, not just for himself. And so, what is this good news? Well, again, we can turn to Isaiah. Chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. There's a lot of good news in those two verses. And the greatest news of all is that baby in the manger is Jesus, our Saviour. But that leads me to another question. What is a saviour? Well, yeah, I mean, what is a saviour? We, we, we could all ask this question. Imagine for a moment that one day, a person, who is called anyone, uh, decided to go on a walk along a beach. Anyone was so happy with the sun shining and the tide out, perfect day for a walk, was so happy for the shells that he was finding, that uh, he ignored the sign saying, danger, mud, keep off. Before they knew it, Anyone had strayed onto the mudflats. Anyone started to slowly sink down into the mud. As anyone was sinking and sinking down into the mud, they shouted out, "Help! Help! Somebody help!" I'm sinking. Fortunately. There was someone else walking on the beach that day. When they heard the cries of anyone, they ran back to their car, grabbed a rope, and they ran down to the beach towards the mudflats. They threw the rope to anyone who grabbed hold of it and anyone was rescued from the sinking mud. The name of the person who rescued anyone was Saviour. Or imagine for a moment that another day anyone decided to go for a cliff walk. And as they're walking along the cliff, they passed a sign which said, Danger! Unstable cliffs keep off. But anyone chose to ignore it. Suddenly, there was a large noise as a very large piece of cliff came away from the land. Anyone found that they were now stranded on an island completely surrounded by dangerous rocks. Help! Help! Somebody help me! There was a large chasm between the land and the island that anyone was now stuck on. And anyone was separated from their home and family, food and water, and there was no way to cross the chasm. So they shouted out, Help! And fortunately, someone heard anyone's cries and they ran and got a plank of wood and laid it across the chasm. Oh, a they walked across the plank of wood and helped anyone to cross back onto safe ground. The name of the person who rescued anyone was Saviour. So, what is a saviour, you might well ask? A saviour is a rescuer. So, as we've just seen, a saviour is someone who rescues people when they are in difficulty, saving them from getting hurt or even from dying. But why do we need a saviour? I mean, no one here is trapped in mud, I assume. If so, please tell Sandy afterwards so he can fix the, uh, the church. I'm assuming also that no one's isolated on an island after a cliff fall. Or maybe we are. I mean, you, you see that uh, you and I are created by God to be his children. Children who are loved and cherished And at peace with their heavenly father. Children with the responsibility of ruling over the earth that he has created. But each one of us has chosen to reject father God. Instead of walking with him and obeying him, we have wandered off, ignoring father God and doing what we want to do. The Bible calls this sin. And the problem with sin is that it's hard to get out of. A bit like being stuck in mud. For example, we all know what happens when we tell a lie. We often have to tell more and more lies to cover ourselves. Before we know it, we are really trapped. Who can rescue us from this mess? Having turned our backs on God and allowed ourselves to roll around in the mud of sin, we shouldn't be surprised that we find ourselves separated from our holy heavenly father, both now and for all eternity. It's like there is a great big chasm between Father God and us. And no matter what we do, we can't cross that chasm. Who can rescue us from this mess? Who can set us free from sin and bring us back into relationship with our Heavenly Father? And that is where today's Bible reading is such good news. After Jesus, that child in the manger, had been born in Bethlehem, which is what we're celebrating, he grew up to be a man who lived an amazing life, perfectly obeying his heavenly Father in every way, showing his love for people by healing them and teaching them. But then, three years after Jesus began his ministry... He was arrested and crucified for crimes he had not committed. But how can Jesus save us by dying on a cross? See, the thing is, Jesus didn't stay dead. He was raised from the dead three days later and many people saw him alive before he rejoined God in heaven. Which is where he is reigning today and the good news of great joy for each one of us is that jesus was crucified and when he was crucified on the cross he wasn't paying for his own sin because he was sinless jesus was actually paying for all of our sins it was as if all the sin in the world was placed upon jesus We can now be forgiven and washed clean and given a fresh start. But not only that, Jesus makes it possible for us to come back into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. When we turn to Jesus, believing that he died for us, he brings us into God's family. Where we can enjoy knowing Father God and receiving the blessings that he longs to give us. Jesus coming as saviour for us is news of great joy, That is what we are celebrating, not just this Christmas, but the rest of our lives. Because joy, real, lasting joy, comes from meeting Jesus, our Saviour, and allowing him to rescue us from the mess our sins have gotten us into, and allowing him to restore us into God's family. the joy that comes from knowing jesus doesn't just last for a few moments but it lasts a lifetime and this joy isn't just for a select few people it's for everyone so i wonder how will we respond to this message i wonder if you will think to yourself that's a nice story Not for me though or maybe you might think to yourself I've already gone looking for Jesus and he's rescued me from the mess my sins got me into and I'm now enjoying a relationship with him as a member of God's family or I wonder when you think to yourself I want to be rescued but I don't know what to do If you're crying out in your heart to be rescued by Jesus, then in a moment we're going to turn our hearts towards him. We will declare our belief in him and in what what he has done for us. And we'll then ask Jesus to come and rescue us from the mess of sin and restore our relationship with Father God. And then we'll pray. So let's be still and quiet for a moment. And then we'll have some words appearing on the screen. And as we are silent, let us be aware that Jesus is here with us. We can't see him, but his presence is here. So please respond as you choose to, using the responses on the screen. We believe that Jesus came into the world to be our saviour, to rescue us. We believe. We believe that when Jesus died and rose again from the dead, he paid the price for our sins. We believe. We turn to Jesus as our saviour, asking him to forgive us for the things that we have done wrong, and the ways that we have ignored our Heavenly Father, we turn to Jesus and say sorry. We ask you, Jesus, to reign over our lives as Lord and restore our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Come and reign, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful promise That when we turn to Jesus and confess our sins, you are faithful and just and forgive our sins. You wash us clean of our guilt and give us a fresh start. Thank you, too, that you welcome us into your family where we can know you as our loving Heavenly Father. Please come and fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may all grow in knowing how much you love us and be filled to overflowing with joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.